I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, we're back. We're up to the pies. So, which player do you think we should watch out for this year? I've got two players with a question mark next to their name. Mm-hmm. Not so much that we should watch out for them, but whether they will shine or not. Okay. Pun intended. Um, someone, I think we mentioned Dane Beams earlier, and yep. whether having... And we've, we've said it a number of times, and I think it's a constant thing, is when you take a player from a developing team and you put this strong, capable, even though he used to play at Collingwood, this strong, capable um, player into a, an environment where there are plenty of other strong, capable uh, players, mm. will that help in, in getting the ball fed to you better and you can feed the ball and the leads will be hit better, et cetera, et cetera? Or will it mean he gets less of the ball and will have to work harder for his possessions because of everyone around him? So, excuse me, that's where I'm really interested to see which way he'll go. Yeah. And the other one is the uh, draft pick, Isaac Kainer. Yeah, he looks so so exciting. Yeah. And I think there's a lot they they've said over and over again that this last year's draft was a really strong draft and mm. a lot of, you know, great talent in it. Um, both for the players, the teams who want some flashiness and want a bit of flair and want like a good meat and three veg type player. So um, I'm really interested to see how Isaac Quano will go. Whether he can get a game in the the yep. team as in well. In the list. You know, there's yeah, we'll go on to other parts there, but uh, I think they're there too that I think um, coming in that would would be interesting to to watch and we'll see. I've got Braden Sire. Um, he played the grand final. He had a huge impact when he came into the side last year through a few injuries and stuff. Um, with beams into the side, I think he needs to prove himself a little bit mm-hmm. to kind of keep a spot and not be moved out because Beams has come in. And I feel like he'll take his game to the next level just because of that pressure because he wants to stay in the side. Yeah. Um, 
he's he just needs to show a little bit of versatility because he plays very similarly to probably what Braden Maynard does in a way. It's that tough tackling, contested kind of player. But if he can do that little bit more on the outside, just that little bit more, I think he'll be a hard player to drop. Yeah. Um, so I expect him to kind of take the challenge and step it up um, one more. So I, it's kind of like once he gets into the team, he'll be playing too well for him to be the one coming out for yeah. whoever was injured in the first place. Yeah, because he's like he averaged about twenty disposals over his twelve games last year. So that's a really healthy and it was really high contested rate as well. Yeah, in a in a premiership contesting team in a grand final team. Yeah. Um, yeah, first season again. We speak about it every every team's. How's his second year going to hold up? Yeah. But, um, but I think as well, because he did only play the 12 games. He didn't play the whole season. So he just got that little taste for it. And he'll come mm. back, I think, this year and really push it. Um, but my play to fall out of favour is a weird one. And I say weird because it's not a player that's going to lose their spot in the side. It's not a player that's going to be delisted. It's none of that. It's just a player who is going to have to fight really hard to keep being played in the spot that they clearly want to be played in the side. And that's Taylor Adams. And this, again, is because with players like Beams and Sire coming through and being really strong midfielders, Adams is a really strong player, and I really like watching him play, but Mm. his disposal leaves a little bit to be desired. And he's injured now as well. So I think him coming into the side... If he he can't really knuckle down and kind of fix up that disposal a little bit, it's kind of like Dom Tyson at Melbourne last year where he's an inside player. Yeah. He's a very good inside player. He can't really kick that well. Dom Tyson was kind of pushed down the rungs at Melbourne because you've got Clayton Oliver, you've got all those yeah. mids there. He was pushed to the outside more. It was the weaker part of his game, so then all of his game went downhill because he wasn't playing the role that he really knew and liked to play and that's why he's now out so and and moved on to North Melbourne so I think Taylor Adams is going to have a year of battling this and if he can improve that little bit and come back from that injury really strongly he'll retain his spot and push someone else out into that outside role a Pendlebury into the back line or something like that but he really needs to work hard because it's he's kind of on the precipice of being pushed out of that contested inside mid-group. Because you look at his numbers as part of the team, Tao Adams was in the top three in terms of disposals per yeah. game. His average is really great. But then you look at the um, where he rated per game mm. per in overall. So he got, the, he got the ball, but 10 to 15 in all of the aspects of the game, like not really shining in any of those. Even though he has the ball, there's not a lot that he's, yeah. he's doing with it. Um, you know, top clangers in the game, you know, and while he gets the ball out a lot, it's it's not... I'm trying to find a number here of dis, of disposal efficiency to go along with that, but he's going to miss the first four or so weeks with a, a thumb injury, yeah. so... So I just want to clarify that really quickly for <laughs> any Collingwood supporters that think I'm getting into a really good player. I think he's incredible. I think he's definitely worth getting having, having gotten in from GWS. He's incredible. I'd love him at Sydney, but... There's that one aspect of his game that needs to improve. Now that Collingwood is so stacked in that role, yep. he just needs to be careful and probably work that tiny bit in order to 
keep his dominance, I guess, in that mm. in that role and not be pushed out by other players. But um, yeah, their injuries are, are solid as well. Yeah, uh, it's looking like Darcy Moore is going to come back quite strongly. And you've got like Jaden Stevenson groin issues available, but quite, yeah, you wonder. We'll put a little asterisk. Sharonberg, Hoskin, Elliott's out for nearly a month. Dugowie's out. May probably will play round one at this stage, but you know they might rest him just because round one's not that important. And they're playing Geelong though, so that's interesting. My game, I'm looking forward to for them. In- Wait, did you tell me who's going to fall out of favour? Uh, I think I we think skipped so. over it because I think it. I jumped in. Look, uh, it's not really a fall out of favour so much as a personal bugbear with a player, and I know that he ended up with a really great season. And led the goal kicking. But if Jordan Degoe hadn't punched his dog, <laughs> like, would that have happened? But I don't know. Maybe maybe that's kind of giving him the clip across the years he needed. But yeah. I still are like, everyone at the end of the year was like, oh, my gosh, Jordan Degoe, what a revelation. You're like, this is the guy that got suspended because yeah. he smacked someone or was in an altercation and blamed it on his dog and his coach went into bat for him and then yeah. found out, like, there's, you know, full credit to Buckley for sticking by him and, and letting this kid, you know, play in a grand final. Yeah. Imagine that and saying, okay, you don't miss a game, but you miss the grand final if we make it. Like, imagine that. as a, You can see that real parent move. Yeah, look, you don't get punished now, but, you know, if this happens, then you miss out on this because you've, yeah. you've lied to us. Kind of like the, the gaff thing. Oh, I see the gaff is a little bit different. Like, a bit that's, different, but the punishment know, was huge. Punishment when was huge. When you think about the context of the games that were missed. Exactly, exactly. And I think, you know... Just rein yourself in a little bit. Look, uh, he's obviously shown on field that he can he can do it. Oh, so. amazing player. But reminds me a bit of Toby Green in over the top off the field, does some stuff on the field that is questionable, but yep. then when they put, turn it on, it seems to blind everyone to the shitty things that they do. Yeah. So um, look... But that's the nature of footy, Here's, here's hoping Men's for, for anyway. everyone's sake, he has another great year, kicks 50 goals, and uh, as I get to my finals prediction, he'll play <laughs> a strong role in that because, you know, anyone who's at that level, full credit, but uh, yeah. I can't get past... Tiki's a Carlton supporter and the Collingwood player. I can't get past that. Um, yeah, so, so where do you think they'll finish? I have them third and yep. I have them um, going deep into the finals. Yep. Again. I have them fifth to eighth and that's just me being safe. Yep. I think they'll finish fifth to eighth but go far in finals, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, I worry if... The Hoskin Elliott thing worries me a little bit, him yep. being out early. Um, we haven't seen that Darcy Moore can put a full f- season together without having some injury issues. Mm-hmm. Ben, ben Reed's an issue again. Yep. I just wonder about their... Can't well, they had, the words. They had a lot of issues at this time last year too, like we were saying about Dugowie, but with Dugowie, with different injuries, with different bits and pieces, and they've got that again. It's Well, they had to get creative in the light of that last year. Yeah. But I feel like when you do it the second year in a row, people are, are going to react to it much quicker than they did the first year. Hmm. And I think that's where it comes in. So I think they'll be pipped by a couple of sides this year in terms of ladder position, but I still think that they'll be pretty damaging when it comes to yep. finals. And Buckley will grow... 
to a person who we all want as an uncle or as a dad a little bit I more. already do. I adore him. Um, game you're looking forward to? Uh, I've got round two versus Richmond as a bit of a payback for the preliminary final. Yep. Um, that's going to be 110,000 people at the MCG. It's going to be crazy. Uh, and Collingwood, in an unsurprising move, have only three non-MCG games before the bye, and one of those is at Marvel. And there's one at SCG and one at... Every year. It's so... Look, they're in a, they're in a good position to, to do it again. Yeah. Um, I have the Queen's birthday at the MCG. Oh, of course. Um, strong teams, strong midfields, a lot of expectation... Big stage, I, I think it's going to be huge. I do highlight that game when we talk about Melbourne, so we'll Okay, we'll, well there, I've but... highlighted mine when we talk about Richmond. <laughs> Yours. Uh, let's talk about Essendon. Uh, get a Essendon. Can I start player to watch for this one? Absolutely. So I've chosen Andy McGrath, and this is probably another obvious one. I tried to choose less obvious ones, but this one I really wanted to talk about. Um it looks like he's going to have that really breakthrough season. He, he's in his third year now, if I'm not mistaken. And I expect we, we're all kind of expecting him to spend a bit more time in the midfield. It's looking like Heppel might be spending more time back as that kind of direct swap for yeah. them. Uh, and McGrath just has the strong body now. He's got the footy smarts. He's got the clean disposal. And I think he'll be able to battle really well like as a duo with merit in there mm-hmm. um, to give Essendon that bit of kind of surge. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about him. <laughs> I don't know too much about McGrath. I'm such yeah. a fan of Andy McGrath, like a, a huge fan of him. Yeah. I think he's a star of the future. He's not there yet, but he's one of those players who in 10 years we're going to be like, yep, that's why he was a number one draft pick. Yeah, He just goes about his business. He's quiet. He doesn't showboat anything. It's just... This is the footy I play, and I play it well. And definitely, poll like definitely polled in the top percentage of Adel- of Adelaide of Essendon players, like twenty disposals. So over his twenty games, twenty yeah. per game over twenty games off the half back. Yeah. So yeah, maybe I was that name I should actually remember for the- keep an eye. Now on. you've mentioned it, round one, I'll come out and get thirty five disposals, and <laughs> I'll be like, oh, that's oh shit, that's <laughs> that guy. Um, I'm really excited to see Irving Mosquito. Get a run between him and Tipper. Like, Tipper I love. And yeah. as a, uh, I hate Essendon, probably one of the teams that I hate the most. But uh, Mosquito, just to see his smile is huge. Yeah. And I can't wait till it gets announced that he gets his first game and watching that little clip. and um, He just looks like such a character. He looks like he's – not that he's not supposed to be there, but like the kid who just somehow found himself at a football club. Yeah. Yeah, he just walked in one day. He's like, all right, I'll hang out here for a while. Yeah, and he's, he just – you know when you wake up in the middle of the night? I had one of these dreams a couple of nights ago, actually, where you wake up in the middle of the night and you just find yourself in a situation. Yeah. It kind of looks like that. and But totally stoked that he's there. Oh, yeah. And the video of him, I think it was, was chatting him to chatting Tipper. to Tipper on his first oh, day in. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, and hopefully he gets to run out for um, Dreamtime at the G. Um, and you could just see how much that would mean to him. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, and what a name for a Bombers player as well. But also Mosquito. just the personality around the club can make such a difference mm. as well. Just the, the things people say about Fraser, Fraser McInnes, is that his name at West Coast, where he doesn't get games ever, but he's always the one that organises the social events for the players and yep. 
perks everyone up and he's just yeah. that guy everyone can talk to. Having that sort of player in the change rooms can completely change the mindset of a team, yep. especially if they're in a bit of a low patch. What was the name of the gent? It slips my mind now. Uh, Andrew played for Sydney and did his knee a bunch Dunkley. of times. Andrew Dunkley. And he's now at Carlton uh, Reserves as a coach. Well, his son yeah, plays for the Dogs as well. It was, I don't think it was Andrew Dunkley. He did his, his knee like six oh, times. Shawble? No, how do you not? I'm trying to think. He, he played for Sydney and then he, he came back last year for two games and did his knee again. Oh, Alex Johnson. Alex Johnson. I thought you were talking about like old player. No, no. Sorry, like an Alex, Alex Johnson, Johnson. And, and then that, the that way that a, that a player like that who while isn't getting games can really gel a team. Yeah. Well, he's best mates with Nick Newman. And Alex has signed at Northern Blues mm. to do some stuff. And Nick's obviously at Carlton, so his best friends. That's, That's a, great. It's positive for both of them, yep. which is good. I wish only good things for Alex Johnson. We'll go and watch a Blues game, a Northern Blues game at some point. Let's then. do it. Uh, who's your player to fall out of favour? <laughs> it's a really obvious one. I've got down Jake Stringer after more shit arises. Okay. <sighs> anyway. Silly, silly, silly man. The gif of him waving is great. Full oh, credit. That's, I hate that so much. But, I hate that shit. What's his name? Sicily doing it to Parker last year. Like, fuck off. <laughs> but I just, I just think that his track record's pretty poor, and it doesn't seem like it's improved on the outside. Yeah, he does those little flashy things that get all the attention, uh, and it seems to paper over the fact that he maybe doesn't work that hard. And that's a really big uh, statement to uh, make. Allegedly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've chosen another controversial one. <laughs> uh, I've chosen Joe Danaher. I was going to say, I know how. I didn't bring him up because I knew we that... We all know how I feel about him. No, I don't actually. Um, I, I'm a big Joe Danaher fan, so... I think that between injury and his inaccuracy, there are other players nipping at his heels, and he can't rest on the pure talent or his name yep. anymore. He really has to work his butt off. He's got to get his body right one, which mm. obviously OP is unbelievably difficult to come back from and yep. it's horrible and you don't uh, judge him for having that. But and then to offset that with his calf, which is now out for another month or six exactly. weeks. Exactly. Um, he's got to get his body right and then he's got to get his kicking straight. And I think the straight kicking comes down to a little bit of laziness and I hate saying that about players, but if he really tried and took a lot of time and effort and maybe hired a goal-kicking coach to help him or something, he could improve that because everything else he does is really mm. good. He could work out a way through that, but I don't think he's gone to that level because he's a Danaher. So well, let's, he's got all that already. Let's flip that a little. Like Thinking of the osteitis pubis and the way that your body works in that scenario, which would definitely be having a negative effect on his kicking. So hopefully in the process of realigning and I mean, he was kicking poorly before he got OP. I can't speak f- I don't know I don't know this the specifics of the onset of his injury. Yeah. But knowing that that's a factor that he's thinking, you know, realigning his body. Well, the point I get to is realigning his body, building up the core strength, resetting his hips so that he doesn't suffer from from that discomfort. Yeah will have an effect on the way that he will have to reset his kicking. Well, he needs to go down the Matthew Pavlich route, who did have OP. 
who worked really, really hard to get back from it. Mm. Like, really, really hard. If Joe can do that now, and he's, what, 23, 24? I think so. If he can do that now, he'll have a really long, fruitful career. But we need to see that from him now. And I worry that his attitude and his little bit of laziness may... And it's such a big call to say that when you're not inside the club, you're not Mm. with him. And I... Don't like he being that person off, saying it, he but he gives does off give the, off that vibe. He gives off an air of not only that he enjoys and is very relaxed as a general thing, and I think that might offset yep. some of what seems like laziness, what seems like carefree, it gives that energy of he's not really trying. Yeah. When it's, I think it's a more just the he's enjoying the experience, yeah. and it's kind of an and. Smiling while he's doing stuff, ruffling hair, and yeah, I don't, I don't mind think that. I don't think that's a reflection on him not caring. Caring, yeah. And I think a lot of people get, use maybe not exactly what you're saying, but I think a lot of people use that as the yeah reason why they don't like him because he doesn't. He's not. He's not smiling. And then you look at someone like Taylor Harris. Well, you're not smiling either. And it's like, well, fine. Well, you can't win. Yeah, you can't win. I just think that these new rules are catered to him playing really good football mm. because he'll be one out on the lead in the centre. Uh, goal square is the word. But players, I'm a huge, huge fan of Sean McKernan and what he can do. And I think Mitch Brown has really shown a lot. Mm-hmm. I think it's really hard to push guys like that out of the side who work their asses off and have been kicking goals for a guy like Joe who his body isn't quite right, his... Um, his attitude seems a bit off and his accuracy is a bit off when you've got guys there that are doing the job for you. So yeah. I think that's where my thing comes in, where there are other guys there doing the job that he's going to take a spot from when he's maybe not putting on the board what he should be. Yeah. And that's where I'll end it instead of going <laughs> on. I'm thinking they'll finish about 6-10. to 10. I had 10th. I don't think Dylan Shield is the saviour of this club. I think it's going to take them a bit of time to work it out. And I think eventually that midfield group will be amazing, but I don't think it's going to be this year. No, I'd agree. I think with Danaher's injury um, put him behind, um, Dyson Heffel returning from a hamstring, Kale Hooker's out for another month as well. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think they're going to be really up there at the end of the season. Again, it's probably going to be one game out. Maybe two games out and some percentage. Yeah. Um, kind of like this year, they're only... They'll have a couple of those games that they should have won but didn't, and yeah. that'll push them down. Because they definitely started off the season pretty abysmally. Like, Well, they just won that game against Adelaide. Yeah, they lost to us. And, and my theory is that that loss to us was the real boot up the backside. Yeah, because um, it was the line between them going 2-5 and five and then going 10-4. and four. Yeah, Yeah, exactly right. So you look at the back half of the season and they kind of kept a pretty consistent sort of 12th, 11th, 12th, just out on percentage. So I think it'll be the same again this year. What game are you looking forward to? Uh, well, there's two, and the first one's round one against GWS. Um, I was listening to D- Dylan Shield talk today, and he was saying it's probably not going to be too much chatter because everyone's focused on round one, so that's kind of a good time to get it playing against way. your own club. Uh, and also, for me personally, round 11 against Carlton, just tr- two traditional Enemies will be at the MCG, will be, regardless of the game, there'll be a lot of, I know last year it was a bit of a messy game on both sides, yeah. um, but one of those 
big rivalries that we have a lot of atmosphere. Oh, looking forward to it already. I've chosen Anzac Day, round six against Collingwood. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's just hard to look at their fixture and not pick this one. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to Frio, who are next. Uh, Who's your player to watch at Frio? I, particularly after the conversations of the last few days, um, I had Jesse Hogan. And to link back to Jordan Dugowie, will it be another scenario like a Dugowie where this particular point of the year he's a you know he's got a track record of of being a quality player. Yeah. Um, but with this transgression on the board, um, the question of his mental health and his ability to work through that. Before, I think before, is a big question. before we've been talking about his mental health, purely about having to miss round one because of being at the pub. But similar scenario with Jordan Ngoi at the start of last year and was able to use that as a springboard to knuckle down. Yeah. Um, you can even say a couple of years ago about Charlie Kerno getting done for drink driving yeah. and knocking him down in sort of 2017 and really shining last year. So, you know, there's a lot of things he has to work through to be at his best. But adding in that, you look at someone like a Harley Bernal, which has missed a lot of games last year because of not necessarily similar transgressions, well, a lot, but a lot of things going on. A lot of games on. the per- past few years because yep. of that. Because yeah. of his per- things in his personal life off the field. So can we say that that's a cultural thing at Fremantle? Can we say that these are just happen to be at the same club at the same time? Um, I'm not specifically drawing lines to it, but that's not going to make things easy for Fremantle if players mm. uh, are struggling with things outside of football to get a really cohesive unit together. Yeah. I've chosen Andy Brayshaw to watch. Uh, we all know how his season ended last year in his mm. first season. Uh, but before that, he was playing some good footy. He was a, a strong presence in a team that was doing poorly. Yep. Um, he connected well with his uh, teammates. Connected well with Andrew Gaff's fist. Sorry, that's a bad joke. Um, I'll get one in there. <laughs> Adam Chera, who came in with him, they seem to have a really good connection with each other. Yep. That sort of stuff I'm loving. I think him coming back after another strong preseason, well, a full preseason, yep. um, coming into the side that will probably have Nat Fife in it a lot more this year. Mm-hmm. Lockie Neal moving out probably opens up a little bit more contested work for him. I think he's going to take another step up this year. Yep. He'll be really, I don't want to say the word hungry because he broke his jaw, but he'll be hungry for, 
football yep. because he already knows what it's like to miss it mm. through no fault of his own. So I, I expect him to be really strong this year. And with an injury like the jaw, while that does affect the rest of you and obviously your nutrition and whatnot, it doesn't affect your above the shoulders and below the shoulders in football are two mm. different things. Yep. You know, I think it still would allow him to keep a level of fitness and it's not like you're learning how to walk again, learning how to run again. You're still, it's 100% the confidence. Yeah, and you don't lack, like we said before about the ACL, you don't lack confidence in your ability to run. Yeah. It's it's not going to impact that psychologically for you. It's going to impact psychologically when you go in for a contested mark or when you go in yeah. to pick up the ball around your ankles. But um, yeah, it'd be exciting to see where he'll shine and yeah. really all the goodwill that he's received at the end of last year. The Brayshaws to... just seem like a great family mm. too. I just, yeah. I mean, I love Angus as well. Hamish is yet to debut, but yeah. Who's your player to fall out of favour? Uh, I think it sort of happened towards the end of last year, but Cam McCarthy... I've chosen him as well. Yeah. He's got a Guernsey with the JLT and looking like back in for the start of the season because of injuries. And they've got a really solid injury slash outage list. Not all of them are long-term. There's only uh, a couple at the moment that are more than a couple of weeks. Mm. But a lot of them are just tests and TBCs and kind of waiting on to see how this week plays out, Um, which is kind of good because it means you'll have legs going into round two, round three, round four and be able to really build up a side. But you want to have your strongest team in and they're definitely – don't have that, like Nat Fife's elbow could go either way, probably will play. But Was able to play AFLX. <laughs> which, you know, well, he got that done after AFLX, so. I know, but he was able to play anyway. <laughs> if I was uh, conditioning staff at Fremantle, I wouldn't be happy just saying that. Yeah, so I think oh, he, I may, just, yeah. he may be able to prove himself now getting the shot, McCarthy, but. He's in his last year of his contract. He has not lived up to the expectation of the player that we know he can be. Yep. There are players like Hogan, who we don't know how much football he's going to miss, but he'll be back in the side this year. Lobb comes back in that side as well. Yep. He's going to be fighting for a spot. And if he can't, as the third tall forward, taking the third strong defender, mm. if he can't get his hands on the ball, kicking goals and doing things, he's not worth the money. And I don't see him getting re-signed there. Yep. So he needs to change his game up a bit. He just needs to get his hands on the ball. Even if he's inaccurate, at least if he's getting shots on goal, that'll show that he's working with this team better. But at the moment, it seems like it's him and then the rest of the team is doing their own thing. There doesn't seem to be a connection between him and the mids. And where that issue comes in, I don't know, but he just needs to improve. Otherwise, he's he's not going to have a contract they next won't, year. Yeah, he won't get the extension and... You know, maybe there'll be a developing team that'll pick him up from that. But Yeah. We know that he can be a really good player. Mm. I'm expecting them to finish about 14th to 16th. I've got 15th, so again, yeah. we're, we're pretty on par here. I strongly believe that Freo have a strong list, but I think their coaching really lets them down. I'm not a fan of Ross Lyon. I think he builds really poor culture in a club and his coaching style has been pretty average recently. It's funny you mention that because I've got as uh, the note that while they'll play off some of the good energy that the AFLW team making into the finals. Who and... I love, and Trent Co- Cooper should also coach the men, can I just say? Why not do both? <laughs> um, but I think that with the way the injury is looking now and the way that the team will have to go, they'll bottom out the second half of the season with the injuries. Yeah. 
and, and it's yeah, they're gonna Lion have will to... definitely have conversations about his job. I don't know if he'll lose it at the end of the year. I don't know what his contract situation is, but um, no, because didn't he sign that five year extension at the start of last? Might have been a couple, yeah. Year but it'll definitely if they bottom out and do finish in that that like you said, fourteen to sixteenth, fifteenth spot. Um, there'll definitely be conversations about where they're headed. Mm. Um, I think they rely so heavily on pl- like line-breaking players like Walters and Brad Hill that if they go down, which we saw happen last year, they have no plan B behind that and then they look really slow and unable to move the ball. Mm. And that reliance on them is largely game plan-based because there's no backup. They could be a really great, creative, flashy team if the right moulding was done with the players and the... Yeah, I rate their list so highly. But... I don't think to talking about the coaches we were talking about earlier. I don't think Ross Lyon falls into that at all. No. While I enjoy his uh, post-match interviews and you know quips and whatnot, and yeah. kind of there's a part of that which I enjoy when you see him. But when, not when it's your club. Not when it's your club, and not when you want to be coach and him to be the the leader and. Not just leading from the front, but also leading from behind as well. Yeah. Um, and there were a few Lockie Neal comments that reflected probably more on Ross Lyon than they did anyone else. I think he said something after a JLT game about, obviously, Lockie Neal having left Fremantle this year uh, in the off-season. I think he, he said something about no one, there's no one leader in the midfield, everyone's equal stead. And I think what a lot of people took out of that wasn't that Nat Five takes over. It's that Ross Lyon tells them, "Give it to Nat Five. and right. I think that attitude puts a lot of people off. And it probably makes sense in the context of their team, the way they play, if that's the game plan. So, yeah, it's just not it, like you don't you want success from across the board. I mm. think that's better. Maybe they need to get rid of Nat Five and no, just fuck Ross Lyon off. Um, he's a he, he's a gross person anyway game to look forward to I've got the obvious one in Brisbane at Optus Stadium in round 10 Lockie Neal Brisbane are an up and a coming side that Frio should be on par with at least which I don't think they are going to be Frio uh, Brisbane are going to move the ball too quickly and cleanly for them Mm -hmm. Frio are going to get stuck and Lockie Neal will come out on top I've got down the derby the derby yep not just because it is the the derby and you know a packed house at Optus Stadium for both teams and the rivalry, but also we we saw it loosely in the JLT match. Um, but Gaff, Gaff, Brayshaw, put that being put to bed pretty much. Yeah. Um, you know the footage of Gaff at the grand final. Um, I think that's well and truly put to bed, but expect that to simmer up again, around resurface, that time. and then there'll be some great content that AFL do, and you know. <laughs> There'll be like a, a nice little video clip thing and them hanging out at the beach, going for a walk and having a chat. There'll be like playing golf, playing golf. <laughs> there'll be like there'll be something that come out of it, and I think that that'll be genuinely put to bed. But I think the game will be still played with that level of intensity because of the fans wanting blood. Yeah, in reverse. And we all know what West Australian crowds are like. Uh, Geelong, we're up to Geelong. Well, who's your player to watch? Because I hope it's not the same as mine. Because I want I want to talk about this person all on my own. Uh, I've got a couple, so I'm just going to touch and maybe I might accidentally touch the same one. Um, I, I, I've i got a great few great little lines here. Will Narkle Sparkle? Oh, my God. Um, that was way too obvious, but 
uh, I, I really can't wait for, much like um, I said about the Carlton, we were talking about Carlton, but for young Brownless to debut. Oscar Brownless. Um, he looks like he's a little way off. little way off. You know, might get a run towards the back half of the season when things are a bit more stable in the team and, you know, um, their injuries are looking really good. They've only got a couple of... Scott Salwood being the most major one with the hamstring for a month or so. Yeah. Um, everyone else is pretty... Uh, Radigalier's looking okay. Cockatoo's kind of on the way back, so they may not be there for round one, but in the first couple of rounds, they'll be good to go, it's, it's looking like. So, yeah, maybe as the season gets on and they start to solidify their place in the finals and in the top eight, mm. he'll get a go and, like Geelong, will just implode. <laughs> I think after Gary Ablett Jr., I think um, Brownless Jr. will... <laughs> we'll set the set the town on fire, and you know, first goalie kicks or first kind of, you know, big moment. It'll be amazing to watch. It'll be yeah. a great kind of. You just see Billy, you can see him tearing up, and you know, he's a bit of an oath, Billy. But I think um, it's definite character, and and to see his son get a Guernsey in the hoops, will um, I'm excited to see. I have chosen Asaba Radigalia. That's the third name I had on my list. I think he's going to, in some close games for Geelong, he's going to be the difference in those games. Kind of the way that Tom Hawkins was in that game against Melbourne where he kicked mm-hmm. the seven goals. I think Radogalia is going to scare some teams. He came back from that broken ankle um, in the JLT and he clearly wasn't scared to jump. He wasn't mm. scared to go into contests. He wasn't scared to take contested marks. I am... Extremely excited to watch him play a full season back yep. from that injury, and he's going to be really hard to defend in the air. Yeah, and he's only he's only twenty or something. He's he turns twenty one in July. Yeah, I'm yeah I'm really excited. And he came from nowhere. No one knew who he was. It's just they're the kind of stories that I love. Players that haven't been talked up constantly. They just come in, do their job, yep. and I guess because he does play a really athletic type game that does stand out. The talk has built and built and built. So mm. I'm, yeah, I think Radagalia is going to be a really important cog to their machine this year. And his rising stars numbers, like right up there in hit outs and contested marks, like from last year's rising stars. Um, and in only eight games, you know, really pulled in some some solid numbers. Yeah. Um, who drops out for you, or who kind of falls down the hierarchy? Fall out of favour. This is not a very hot take, but. Um, I'm of the opinion it's probably going to be Gary Abbott's last season. Yeah. And well, he's 35. 35. And they're talking about uh, the last couple of days that he's, his position will be more of a forward line. Yeah. And, you know, I think that'll be exciting because he can be flashy in there and be able to take some solid marks. You know, he's he's got a great boot. So hopefully see those go through the goals and, you know. Can I just say, though, the people that are coming out and being like, he's going to have a 60-goal season, he could win the Coleman. People need to realise that Gary Ablett Jr. now is not the player they remember from years ago. Yeah. And they need to calm the fuck down. I'm sick of hearing it. <laughs> well, he got, for last year, he um, playing obviously more in the mid, he kicked 20 goals. Sorry, sorry, he kicked 16 goals. Yeah. So, But he spent quite a bit of time forward last yeah, year. Yeah, I don't think a 50-goal season is... He's not going to be their leading goal kicker. When you've got Tom Hawkins up there and you've got Dangerfield, who was one of the top goal kickers for them as well, 
You know, you... and when you've got the six six six, where it's going to favour contested marking forwards or lead up forwards who are strong in the one on one. Yeah, that's the furthest from what Gary Ablett is. Yeah, maybe last year if he'd done it last year, he might have um, might have had more of success in that yeah. space. But oh, I still think he'll kick a you know he'll he'll top three. Geelong Golf yeah, is top but four, he's but he's not going to be the player. No, because you could say, yeah, he might kick a six. You know, he might kick a bag of goals because of the way it's changed. But then you, and we'll get. We haven't really touched on it too much. But there's plenty of players who are pushing for Tom Hawkins is one of them. As much as I don't enjoy watching him play, um, there are that many players. Your Ben Browns, um, your Rewalts, these players who kicked, you know, fifty goals plus Tom this McDonald. year. That will go pushing 70, 80, 100. You know, we'll talk a bit more about that later. But, yeah, I think this could very well be his last year. And to go on with that, talking about a game to look forward to, um, round 23 at GMHBA versus Carlton, while it may not necessarily the result be important because I feel like Carlton will either be hitting a really good spot by the end of the season and could be a competitive team or Geelong very much could be and that could be a top four decider for them rather than just a five, six, seven, eight. It could potentially be that. That home game, round 23, Gary's last game at Geelong. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So that's the one I've got noted down. He may, he may go for another year, but um, I think even if he does have injuries that's throughout the year... too much push underneath for him mm. to... Stay, I think. My player to fall out is Zach Smith. Zach Smith. Um, he's clearly not Scott's choice as number one ruck, um, even though Geelong's ruck stocks are a bit of a mess. Mm. He only managed three games last year. He's 29, I think. Yep. If he can't take his chances this year and really present himself, if he's playing seconds, he needs to dominate to get back in that senior side. Yeah. I can't see him sticking around much longer if he can't really step up and be like, I'm I'm the man. He needed to do it last year. It was kind of him, Reece Stanley, Ryan Abbott played a game, like a few games. Like It's like Scott can't make up his mind. He needs someone to come out and have a breakout game, and yep. none of them have done it. And Zach Smith, unfortunately, I think is the lowest on that list. He's out of contract at the end of this year, so that's really not going to help well, at all. It, yeah. it won't help starting the season with an injury couple of weeks to go before his knee's right. But having that at the end, if he can't use that to really position himself, then it's that'll be yeah, it's the him end calling almost. time. Yeah. Yeah. My expected finish for them, I think six to ten is reasonable. Yep. I had six as well. So really on a good parallel yep. here. I like it. Um I don't think they have the right combination on their list right now to be a devastating team. Mm. Uh their defence I worry about a little bit. Um, it's still really young with Harry Taylor there. Yep. There's not um, Blitzarves, obviously. Tom Stewart floating around, but Blitzcar's having a great season, like one blessing Ferris for them last year. Yeah, but their lockdown defenders are all really young, mm. and I just see a big forward getting off the chain a little bit against them. Like Zach Guthrie, he's going to be a good player, but he's still very lightly framed. He's a small guy. I think they, and then I have been really big on this. I think their midfield only runs one way. Yep. Scott Selwood out really hurts that as well. Mitch Duncan has been pushed out a little bit. He's one of the ones that does do the defensive work, but got pushed out a bit. Um, Cam Guthrie's another one. They're using him off the half-back line because they need him there, but 
He really should be playing in the mid as well. I just worry about their list combination. Have they relied too heavily on those couple of players who don't do the defensive work? And we all know that I like Geelong as a club. I think they stand for good things. Um, This goes back to the Adam Goods respect banner and what they did that day and all the things that they've done. The way they treat their women's team, I think, is amazing. Mm. I just the fact are, that they're not a city team that they've got that yeah different dynamic. I just there are two or three players on that list that I don't like the personalities of when they're on the field. Tom Hawkins, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, and yeah, they're kind of a club that the senior players should be there toughing it out. But I see a lot of the time the senior players on their team are spend more time looking at the umpire for, umpire for a free kick than they do about doing the second or third effort mm. in the contest. And that often is where they get found out. And the Melbourne final last year is a good example of that. Just the brain fades that the, their senior players have, yep. giving it up. They've done it against Sydney as well, which is obviously something I noticed because I watch a lot of Sydney games. But if they can tweak those things, they could be a great side. Yep. But I think as long as they've got those couple of players there that do it, that are the senior players, that show their younger players they should be doing that too they're not going to get better and it's just a discipline thing with them. Yeah. I do see Geelong and Sydney as parallels in the sense that particularly the last, since 2000, they've been constant performers, constant. Well, I've um, done the stats on this. You know that I have. Uh, Sydney have made 20 of the last 23 final mm-hmm. series. Geelong have made, I think it's 18. Yeah pretty parallel in the grand scheme of things yeah you know and they're never a team that's bottomed out no. I, you know and, and Sydney have had moments and uh, but uh, as a general season it's it's been a pretty consistent even when they miss they're not that far out they're of not it. far but and behind. this goes back to the development thing which I'm really strong on is that using exactly. your rookies and that and Melbourne are becoming a team that's doing that as well yep picking players out of the VFL anyway we can get to that but my game to look forward to just before we move on um, I've chosen round two against Melbourne at GMHBA uh, their three games against Melbourne last year were all really mm. dramatic. Obviously, the first two during the home and away season, um, Geelong got over the line late in the games, or in the first one, it was a Max Gorn miss in front of goal. They yep. were they went right down to the wire. Melbourne had the brain fades that caused them to lose the close ones. Yep. But then in that final, Melbourne were unbelievable. I was at that final. Can I just little personal anecdote? If anyone doesn't know, uh, a lot of my family go from Melbourne, so I've got really a really big soft spot for Melbourne. Uh, so I went to that Geelong final, and I love Mitch Hannon as well. We all know this. Um, got the little badge on my scarf in the <laughs> other room. Um, that Mitch Hannon goal was the the emotion, because I was sitting kind of amongst the Melbourne cheer squad, the emotion of that goal was unbelievable. And I'm getting emotional now talking about it, but that Nathan Jones goal, I nearly fainted the amount that I cheered. That against Geelong, that's going to hurt Geelong. Mm. And the way that they let Melbourne get back into the game with that silly Joel Selwood issue on near the bench they'll still be thinking about that. And I think the fact that they have a game so early in the season is going to make it that much more exciting because it's yep. it's burning really strongly. Um, let's uh, take a really quick little break again. Sure. And we'll be back with some more teams. Great. <laughs> 